Let us pray this morning. Father, thank you so much for allowing us into your presence right now. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your word that is coming right now. I ask, Father, that you will bless it in our hearts. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will revive what needs to be revived. Strengthen what needs to be strengthened. And Holy Ghost, we pray for revelation knowledge, Lord. The spirit of revelation. The spirit of God. We pray for the spirit of grace and supplication this morning. Now, right where you are sitting, I just want you to appreciate Jesus for giving you another month in this world. Please just open your mouth in your own words and thank God for this month. Everybody begin to pray right now, wherever you are. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Please do not take for granted this privilege that you and I have to have seen this day. It's a blessing from above. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your help in this ministry. Thank you for your help in our families. Thank you for your help in our individual lives. Thank you for what you are doing. Thank you for what you have in store for us for this month of May, oh God. Thank you so much. We honor you. We bless you. We appreciate you, Lord. You are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be praised. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We honor you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Put your hands together to the Lord one time. Yes, like I was saying earlier, today, the 2nd of May, uh, is my birthday, obviously. And then also, we are celebrating six years of Alive Bible Church. Hallelujah. I think that is something wonderful. You know, when we started, uh, Pastor Pume and myself, I didn't know that the Lord would take us this far. But God has been good. God has been faithful. Over the years, so many things have happened. Very good things. A couple of bad things. But God has remained good and faithful. So we're just here to say thank you to him and appreciate him for what he is doing in this church. It is not the work of a man. Whether that you are connected to ABC, even the very concept of ABC, that is God's work. We are just vessels that he is using at this time. So thank you so much for those of you that have supported the ministry all these years. I believe there got to be a few of you that were there from the very beginning up until now. Praise God. And we want to really appreciate you for the efforts. We are really not into, you know, anniversaries and all of those things, but maybe when we are 20 years. Yeah, when we are 20 years, 25, still very early. Hallelujah. Yeah, so we are allowing God to mature us. We are allowing the Lord to build us up. Praise the name of Jesus. Well, we are starting a new series this morning. And I'm sure you've seen the posters. I'm sure you've seen already the visuals behind me. You know what we're going to talk about this month. Last month was a very strong month. And actually, it's a continuation of last month, but just on a different aspect. Praise the Lord. 
we're going to still be going. We're going to still be preaching. We're going to still be leading souls to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But we're going to add something to our arsenal to make sure that as we are going, we're not going on our own. Hallelujah. The Lord Jesus told his disciples, remain in Jerusalem. Don't go anywhere yet until you are endured with power from on high. In the book of Matthew 28, verse 19, he says, all power has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Then verse 20, no, verse 18, verse 19, therefore go. So you see, the going is always connected to power. And that is what we're going to be doing this month, adding to our going some power. Praise the Lord. So that what we do carries weight and value. So we're talking this month about praying effectively. Praying effectively. That is, that is the series we're going to run this month. Praying effectively. Let me start by saying, so I'm just going to be introducing the subject this morning. And by the way, do not forget that it is our communion Sunday. So right at the end of the service, we're going to have the communion. Praise the Lord. So please do not rush yourself. It's very important to commune together. It's very important. So I'm just encouraging you, and I pray that in every stream side, in every branch, you know, the communion elements should be ready already. So, you know, I would like you to know something. Everything depends on prayer. Everything. Not some things. Everything. When prayer is not the key, that is opening the door. Prayer becomes the key that holds, the hand that holds the key, I mean to say. Everything depends on prayer. Every success is a prayer success. And every failure is a prayer failure. Everything depends. I know John Maxwell says everything rises and falls on leadership. I'm also not saying to you that everything depends on prayer. Everything depends on prayer, including the things you don't think depend on prayer. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, the Bible says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. In everything, in everything, in everything by prayer, let your request be made known to God. Hence, I'm saying to you that everything depends on prayer. I believe that's the reason why the Lord Jesus in the book of Luke 18 verse 1 told us, the Bible says, he spoke a parable to them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Always. It is the same thing repeated by in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17, pray without ceasing. I hope you realize that there's no other instruction that Jesus told us to do without ceasing. He didn't say sleep without ceasing. 
He didn't say eat without ceasing. He didn't even say praise and worship without ceasing. Of course, the Bible says that rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. But the main thing that the Bible says, do without ceasing. And I like the New Living Translation. The Bible says, it says never stop praying. Never stop praying. Never stop praying. Are you here? Now, the reason why the subject of prayer can even sound depressing to you is because of how we have deviated from it. It's because of how we feel guilty of it, the fact that we are not doing it. So this teaching is rather not to condemn you for not praying. I hope you will understand that. It is rather here to motivate you to get back into your prayer life. My desire is that by the time this series is over, your prayer life will be revived. You will reach levels of prayer that you have never reached before. Hallelujah. So we do see that the Bible is clear about the place of prayer in our lives. Very clear. However, we do know that even though that is the standard the Word of God has, that is not the standard we have usually about prayer. So, I will not be surprised that a whole lot of us that are watching this morning don't pray. Violating clearly the instruction of the Lord, Luke 18, verse 1, always pray. Now, when he says always pray, he doesn't mean, you know, like pray 24-7. I mean, if you have to pray 24-7, it means you'll never achieve anything in your life. You'll never have to do anything else. Is rather focusing on the fact that do not, do not become inconsistent in your prayer life. Let it not be something you do this month, then you wait four months, then you do again. Let it be a part of your daily life. Let it be a part of you. Let it be something that is consistently with you. Praise the Lord. Prayer, prayer. Pray always. In other words, let it be something that is of high priority in your life. Let prayer be something you value. Let prayer be something you refer to constantly. It doesn't mean start praying in the morning until eternity. That's not what it means. But however, many of us don't pray. John 16, 24. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, you will receive, that your joy may be full. So we have a group that does not pray. Maybe you are falling in that group this morning, those who don't pray. The Lord is saying, until now, you have not asked anything in my name. I haven't heard your request. I haven't heard your voice. Some of us, he hasn't heard your voice for a month. I will not be surprised that some of us hasn't heard your voice for two weeks. Or he hasn't heard your voice the whole of last week. Until now, you haven't asked. I haven't heard you. Ask, and you will receive, hallelujah, that your joy may be fulfilled. Your joy may be fulfilled. Or, I mean, your joy may be full. It's, it's, it's different when, you, when your battery, the phone of your battery is full and when your phone of your battery is empty. I'm not saying you don't have joy, but maybe you never experience 
full joy. Full joy comes as a result of answered prayers. When you see God coming through for you, when you have asked for something and God has answered your prayer, you don't know what it does. It brings so much joy. It brings so much conviction in your heart to know that God is hearing you. The God of eternity, the God of heaven, the God of the universe heard your little prayer in your little room. It brings so much joy to know that God knows me. God sees me. So there's a joy that you can only experience. The fullness of joy can only be experienced through answered prayers. So when you go around, you are depressed, you are never really happy, it could also be that after you stop asking or you've never really experienced an answered prayer. And that is something God is going to give us the grace to deal with this month in the name of Jesus. The second group of people are those who do pray, but they don't know what they're asking. They're like, they, they, they are not, they, they don't know what they should ask. They are asking, but they are asking the wrong things. Romans 8, 26. And the Holy Spirit help us in our weaknesses. Why do we need the help of the Holy Ghost? For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. We don't know what we should ask. So he says ask, but we don't know what we should ask. Are you with me? But thank God the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed. And we're going to have a session. Remember, we're talking about praying effectively. Praying effectively, not just praying. Praying effectively. Praying effectively means you learn to pray in a way that brings results. That is what this series is all about. I know you've been praying. I don't have a doubt that you've been praying. In fact, if there is something that all the religions of the world do at the same time is prayer. Any religion you take, people believe in prayer. In school, people pray. Where I work, in the morning, people sing some songs and they pray. In the offices, people do pray. They don't do many other things. They might not sing praise and worship, but they, at least they pray. You'll be surprised that if you ask in a stadium, let us all pray. Everybody, including people that have never gone to church for years, they'll say a few words. But the question is, are those prayers being answered? Are those prayers producing results? That is another thing altogether. As for the praying, everybody prays or tries to pray. But that is not the issue I'm dealing with this man. I'm not dealing with the issue of, are you praying? The issue I'm dealing with, rather, is, are your prayers effective? Are your prayers being answered? Are you enjoying your prayer life? Are you getting results from your prayer life? Or is it a boring matter to you? That is what we are dealing with this man. Praying effectively. Say with me, praying effectively. Other group, they do ask, but they ask with the wrong motives. The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 3, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss or you ask with wrong motives that you may spend it on your pleasures. In other words, you are not asking for the sake of the kingdom of God. You are not asking to improve the life of mankind. You are asking to boost your ego. You are asking to fulfill your own personal projects. God will never answer such prayers. And I will be showing you how to get your prayers answered. How to have an effectual prayer life. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus just because of that. That is what is taking us now to this series, people of God. Because you see, Jesus says, pray with, 
pray, men must always pray. What does that mean? If you are a man, God expects you to pray. Angels don't pray. I hope you're aware of that. Angels don't pray. Demons don't pray. But men must pray. And by men, I'm not meaning the male gender. I'm talking about humanity, human being. If you are a human being, Jesus says you ought always to pray. Jesus never asked the animals to pray. He did ask praises from them. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. But he never said, let everything that has breath praise or pray. But he told them a parable to show that men, men must always pray. Men. If you are a man, then prayer is not a suggestion. Prayer is not a suggestion. Except if you are no more a man. You have turned into something else. You are half man, half this. And if you are a man, and I don't mean gen, the, the, male, you, your victory depends on prayer. Your victory as a man is going to depend on prayer. Everything that is going to work is going to depend on some form of prayer. And I see you praying this month in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, please don't be so depressed because you are now, you, you see, you are like, you like when I teach on things that are just shaking you and moving you. Now this one that is presenting you to yourself, you are no more very excited about it. But I came to announce to you that this is going to change your life. And that's, you see, the reason why you are not doing what Jesus said is not because you don't want to obey Jesus. It's because you do not know what happens when you do what Jesus says, especially regarding prayer. I believe if you are supposed to pray always, eh, then you, know, you should know how to pray. It shouldn't be something you are doing by accident. If it is something that you have to do always, then you need to master the art of doing that thing. I guess that's why the disciples came to the Lord. In the book of Luke chapter 11 verse 1, the Bible says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us how to do this thing you are doing. And we have information that John has also taught his disciples. So as I'm standing here this morning as a pastor teaching the church, I'm doing the right thing because Jesus was asked to teach his disciples how to pray and John had taught his disciples how to pray. Every true leader, you must teach your disciples to pray. One of the things that a leader has to do and to do well is to teach those that are with him or her to pray. 
don't just teach them about this, you teach them about that, but you don't teach them to pray. And you say, let me tell you something. Teaching a person to pray is teaching him how to fish. Because once, you know the saying, give a man a fish, he will come tomorrow for another one. Teach him how to fish. You have given him fish for his lifetime. Teaching a person to pray, you have solved their problems. But if you don't teach them to pray, you will have to be their Jesus every single day. When they have a problem, they have to come to you. They don't know how to pray. You are the only one who knows how to pray. So they have to come to you all the time with their problem. When they, have, they wake up in the night and the toe is painful, they call you, Muruti, Muruti, the toe, the toe, the toe, pray now, pray now. They woke up in the morning, they see a dog passing in front of their yard. Muruti, Muruti, there's a dog moving in front of my yard. I don't know what's happening. Please send some prayer, so please send some prayer, so. If you don't teach people to pray, you will become their Jesus, you will become their Holy Spirit, and they will exhaust you to death. I see you teaching people to pray. That's why I'm teaching you to pray. I'm teaching you to pray so that you can learn to tap into the same power. Jesus says when you pray, say, our Father. The Father is not only for the pastors. The Father is for everybody. Everybody can access the same Father. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 is available to all of us. It's not for some, some, some high-profile people. So you can learn to access him just like me and get the results the same way. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. But I want to take it a step further. Like I said, I'm not here to teach you how to pray. I'm here to teach you how to pray effectively. And I guess that is what the disciples were asking. Like, you know, Because they were praying, but they were not getting the result Jesus was getting. So they wanted to learn how to pray and get things done, praying effectively. So our foundational scripture for this series is going to be from the book of James chapter 5. Verse 16, it says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. The effective, fervent prayer is not just a prayer. It's the effective prayer. The effective prayer. There's a difference between a prayer and an effective prayer. It's not the same thing. Otherwise, the Bible didn't have to put those adjectives there. The effective. The, the word effective means there is an effect. There is an effect. When you do something, there's cause and effect. So an effective prayer is a prayer that is producing an effect somewhere. When you pray an effective prayer, you will see the result of that prayer somewhere because it will produce an effect. And that's what you need. That's what we all want. We want our prayers to have enough power to produce effect, to bring changes. Becomes a problem that I'm praying, but there are no effects. I'm praying. I'm, I mean, imagine, imagine pushing a car, but the car is not moving. Have you seen that before? Like maybe a big truck. You are trying to push. You are making so much effort. But the truck is just looking at you. 
your efforts are not producing the desired effect. And some people's prayers are just like that. They pray and pray and pray. The track is still standing. They push and push. You remember that push? Pray until something happens. They push and push and push and push, but nothing happens. By God's grace, this man, we're going to learn to push and something will happen. It's called effective prayer. Effective prayer. You see, when you start praying effective prayers, you'll start enjoying prayer. Because you will see that when I push, something does happen. And so when I want something to happen, I know what to do. I should go and push. That's all. I should just go and push. But when you have been pushing that track, it's even gathering rust now. It's gathering rust. It's on the same spot every day. Every day. I remember there was a track like that in a place, a yard. I knew a, a certain yard, there was a track that was there. The track didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't even try to push it. What can you do? You call the owner, come and take your track. Hey, you know, I need new tires. I need new this. I need... So the track became a nightmare because it's not going. And some problems are like that. You even stop wanting to look in that area because you know when you look there, you see that track. You know it. I don't even want to look that area because I know what I will see. But imagine the day I went to the same yard. Lo and behold, the track was gone. Eish. That's exactly what is going to happen to some of you this month. You will start seeing the power of effective prayer. Things that have been, they were like trains, a train that doesn't want to go anywhere. A bulldozer is just standing there. I'm going nowhere. Every day, you will, you will, you will marry me. You will live with me. Learn to live with me. In the mighty name of Jesus, I decree a push in your favor in Jesus' name. I decree a push in your favor in Jesus' name. The effective, fervent prayer. It's not just a prayer. The effective. It has an effect. It's fervent. I teach you all about that this month. To help you understand what an effective prayer is, let me give you other versions. The CSB says, the prayer of a righteous man is very powerful. I mean, availeth much, that, that last part, to avail much, what does it mean? It means it is very powerful in its effect. To avail much, it is very powerful in its effect. The New Living Translation says, it produces wonderful results. The, pray, the effective prayer of a righteous man produces wonderful results. I see your prayers producing wonderful results. Wonderful results. Results that make people wonder. Results that make people wonder. That, I wonder how she got it. I wonder how that happened. It is the effective prayer. The effective prayer, it produces wonders. Wonders. Mm. I'm not just exciting you. You will see for yourself. Number three. What does it mean to avail much? It has great power to prevail. 
great power to prevail. That's what it means for the, the effective prayer to avail much. It has great power to prevail, to prevail. And if you know me by now, I like that way to prevail. I like it. I like it very much. I like prevailing over circumstances. And I like things that prevail, like the blessing of your father has prevailed. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Another one. The prayer of the effective prayer can accomplish much. That is the New American Standard Bible. It can accomplish much. I see your prayers accomplishing much in Jesus' name. The contemporary English version says, the, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man, it can help a lot. It can help a lot. It can help a lot. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, you see, I want to show you nine ways an effective prayer can help you. That is where we're going to stop today. Next, next week, I'm going to start showing you how to pray effectively. But today, because I'm introducing it, I just want to show you nine ways an effective prayer can help you a lot. An effective prayer can get a lot of things done for you if you can start praying effectively, not just praying. You do, I mean, you don't even remember what you're praying for. Number one, Praying effectively, when by praying effectively, you will start overcoming your problems. <laughs> by praying effectively, you will start overcoming your problems. There can be a stage in your life where you don't overcome a problem. You are overcome by the problems all the time, all the time. They, they are the ones overcoming you. But let me tell you something. When you start praying effectively, do you understand? You start overcoming your problems. James chapter 5 verse 13 says, Is any among you in trouble? Let them pray. In, in, is any among you in trouble? Let them pray. It is the very same John 5 that is dealing with the effective prayer. That is Actually, that is how it's starting. Let them pray. Let them pray. Why is God telling you to pray when you are in trouble? Because God knows that if you pray effectively, you will deflect the trouble. God will not ask you to pray for a real trouble using a method that will not apply to the trouble. Why would God ask you to pray if God knew that the prayer will never work on the trouble? God believes that if you pray effectively, you will deflect that problem. You will destroy that problem. You will eliminate that problem if you know how to pray effectively. It is because we don't know how to pray effectively. When we are in trouble, you know what we do? We don't pray. That, is, that should be the right response, but this is what we do. Number one, we complain. Number two, we go around telling people about the problem. Number three, we cry about the problem. Number four, we become sad. They, those are, these are responses to the problem. We are responding by becoming sad. We, we, our mood changes. Number five, we, we go and get a loan. This is us trying to handle a problem that has arrived. We are not praying. We are not doing the required, the approved method that God has given us. We are going to the bank to ask for a loan to deal with the problem. 
Number six, we start eating chocolate. We start eating a lot of chocolate. A lot of chocolate. That is how we are responding to the problem. I don't know who told you that, but when you are stressed, you start eating chocolate. You are actually making your matter worse because you are not adding more problems to your problem. By the time the chocolate is finished, it doesn't go out. It goes and finds a spot in your body and starts building itself the bigger problems for you in that corner. Number seven, we start smoking. That is how people respond to problems. They start smoking. They are smoking the problems away. I corner. That problem we've gone after as the smoke is going away, the problem is settling back inside. Number eight, we try to drink the problems away. How many people, the moment they are stressed, they start drinking. They start drinking because they are thinking to themselves, if I can just drink, I mean, this thing I will forget. You might forget for two seconds. After the beer subsidizes itself, the problem will come back with more force than before. You don't deal with the problem. When you are in trouble, you shouldn't drink. You should actually be very, very clear-minded. Is any among you in trouble, let them pray. Not let them drink. Let them cry. Let them take loans. We do all these other things except what the Bible says we should do. From this morning, receive grace to start praying when things are not going your way. Please understand that, that you are not wiser than God. God is telling you, if you could just engage prayer, you will see how you will destroy these problems. Because every problem has a spirit attached to it. You are seeing the problem, but behind every problem there's a spirit. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? No problem creates itself. There are spirits behind the happenings. Jesus was not just crucified by men. There were demons behind activating the whole thing. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principality. How will you fight this principality? Because you can't see them. Yet they are affecting your life, using people, using people. Using people. By praying effectively, you will start overcoming your problems. Number two, by praying effectively, you will start seeing miracles. You will start seeing miracles. I'm telling you, you will start seeing things that when you look, you say, I can't believe this. This is something you will say one of these days. I can't believe this. I can't believe this. I can't believe this has happened. I can't believe this. I can't believe this. I can't believe this. Your life is about to start experiencing miracles. Miracles, not this thing where everything is dry. There hasn't been a miracle. The only miracle was your salvation. Who told you that the only miracle should be your salvation? There must be more. It, we will serve a God of miracles. You are singing that song all the time. I'm walking in power. I'm walking in what? Miracles. But those miracles are connected to effective prayer. The Bible says, is any among you sick? 
Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. You know how we do? It's in our music, take paracetamol. In our music, go to the pharmacy. It's in our music, get injection. We have taken the prayer thrown out of the window. <laughs> but I've got some news for you. There are sickness, medication cannot heal. You will take medicine, take medicine, take medicine. Nothing is changing. You even go to the hospital, they do check up. They say, Madam, everything is okay with you. We don't know what is the problem. Kala Mayaka. You are taking pills. The more you are taking pills, the worse it's getting. That is what happened to the women with the issue of blood. The Bible says she went to doctors all over for 12 years, and the more she went to doctors, she became worse. Because there are certain things medication does not have an answer for. Medication does not have an answer for such things. It takes the power of God. It takes the power of God. That's what the Bible says. Is any among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church and let them pray, anointing them with oil. I get it when you don't believe in such things. You only believe in paracetamol. You only believe in the doctor's prescription. I believe in the doctor's prescription as well. But you must always add prayer to the doctor's prescription. Don't only make it the doctor. Like, it's like your faith. Your whole faith is not based on a man. Your whole faith. You don't even pray. You don't even ask God that, that you, just, you just flow with the medication. That's why there are no miracles. Because the power of God is not giving an expression in our lives. The Bible says in verse 15, and the prayer offered in faith, the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Miracles. Miracles. It will make the sick person well. Pastor is not saying don't go to the hospital. I understand that God is the one who gave wisdom to the doctors to invent the medications. But pastor is saying that your faith must be first in God. In God. You'll be amazed at what God can do if you are just believing him a little bit. If we are just doing the word. How many of you when you are sick, you call people to come and pray for you? You gotta call them to come and give you a lift. Uh, I can't even walk. Oh. Please come, come, take me. We are changing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Number three, by praying effectively, you will start seeing a change in your circumstances. A change in your circumstances. Some of us, we have been under the same type of heaven for too long. You need a change of season. You see, we were. Ca- not so long ago, we were in summer. But now we are entering winter. There must be a change in seasons. There must also be a change in the seasons of your life. You cannot be in the same dry season. Always dry season. You are now in a desert. Nothing is changing. It is always dry. Why is it always dry? Could it be that you are not praying effectively? And I want to show you a scripture that shows that you can change the seasons of your life. You can change the climate above your head. You can decide whether it should be sunny or it should be cloudy 
or it should be rainy. Don't allow the circumstances to determine. You know, my brothers and sisters, do not give your destiny in the hands of circumstances. Determine the circumstances. Don't say, I'm just going to be there in the outside. If it's rain, let it rain on me. If it's the sun, let it hate on me. Oh, it's a very dangerous thing to do. To place your life in the hands of circumstances. You should rather determine the circumstances. The same James chapter 5, verse 17 and 18 now. Elijah was a human being as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Elijah, by his prayer, he determined the climate. He determined the climate. He determined the season. Elijah took the whole country in a dry season by a prayer. The whole country, when he, he, they all entered a dry season. It was not a climate change. These thing people are talking about today. Do you know you are the one who determined? You know, huh? Ooh, Holy Ghost. Do you see the people outside are telling you that you are determining the climate? They are telling us that our actions are producing climate change. But if in the natural, my actions can produce climate change, how come in the spirit, I cannot also produce some climate change? Why do you believe in the natural, you can produce a climate change, but in the spirit, you don't believe that your prayers can also generate climate change? Climate change. You can generate a dry season when you don't want a rain anymore. And you can generate rain because the Bible says, and he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain. He prayed again. So Elijah determined in this house there will be no more sickness for the coming five years or for the coming 15 years. I'm, I'm arresting all sicknesses and all diseases. In this house, people are going to start getting married from this year. And he, he, he releases a rain of weddings in the house, in the family. A rain. Effective prayer. Effective prayer. I hope you are with me. By praying effectively, you will start changing yourself. You see, you can change the climate, but you can even do something more interesting. You can change. One of the most difficult things to do in this world is to change yourself. If you are honest, you will know that you have tried a few times to change yourself. You have changed your clothes. You have changed your hairstyle. You have changed the lipstick. You have changed the eyebrows, but you couldn't change yourself. But by engaging effectual prayer, effective prayer, not only the climate will change, but you too will change. And that is a very important thing to happen because many things are not happening in your life, not because of anything, but because of you. If you didn't know, like you are the number one suspect when things are not working. And there you are, you are struggling to change. So you now see that you need help for yourself to change. And I came to some good news for you this morning. Effectual prayer is the answer for your change. Hallelujah. 
Luke 9, 29, the Bible says, and as he was praying, as he was doing what? As he was talking about Jesus, as he was praying, as he was praying, as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed. As he was praying, as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed. There's a pastor who told us something a while back. He said, Satan is master masquerada. He, mas- he masquerades himself. Sometimes he becomes an angel of light, right? But sometimes Satan paints people something they are not. When Satan has right over your face, you will be broke, but he will paint you to be very, 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 very successful businessman. Like when you go out of your house, eh, people, when they look at you, they say, wow, eish, I wish, I wish. Yet you are broke to your teeth. But he paints you in a certain way that makes people that could help you to not think you need help. Your face looks in a certain way to them and they never get to know who you really are. And there are certain men, he paints them as women. And there are certain women, he paints them as men. And they do, they wonder, how come nobody, nobody is proposing? Nobody is asking questions. Nobody is popping the question. How can a man pop the question to another man? Because when he sees you, he is thinking that he's seeing a man. So he just quickly finds his way around the corner and he continues his journey. And you don't know that your face, your face, people are seeing something when they see your face. People are seeing something when they see your face because nobody judges you based on your feet. It is your face we look. I'm sure you've heard people say, I don't like his face. I I, I don't like her. When they say, I don't like her, they are actually talking about your face. Do you get it? Like if the same you could come wearing, a, you know, this thing that the actors are using, if you can go and wear it and you come back, they will treat you very nice because they don't know it's you. You know, they will just give you anything you want. But because of that face you have, you see, when they see your face, ah, they say, no, 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 not you, not you. Not you. But here is Jesus understanding that I want people to accept me as their their Lord and Savior. I want the world to receive me. I want people to realize that I came to help them. And how am I going to do it? As he was praying. As he was praying. The appearance of his face changed. Instead of praying, you are watching TV. As the appearance has remained, in fact, it is developing more corners in the, in the face. It's just, it's just strengthening itself more. You are on Facebook, you are on Twitter, you are on Instagram. Instead of developing your, instead of taking away this masquerade, this mask that Satan has placed on your face, that is making people to not want to help you. How come people don't want to help you? Everywhere you go, you are a problem. Why? Why? Could it be that there's a problem with your face? 
You see why you, know, you need to pray? Mm -hmm. And his clothes became as bright as the flash of lightning. Jesus is not the only person who had this experience. In the book of Exodus 34, 29 to 30, I'm going to have to stop somewhere here. We'll continue next week. The Bible says, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. Moses was speaking to God 40 days and 40 nights, and it had an effect on his face. It had an effect on his face, and he was not aware of it himself. Like you go in your room, and you are just spending time with the Lord. You are just praying, talking to God, and you're just enjoying the presence of the Lord. And you don't know that in the process, God starts doing some, what do you call this thing the women always do? Makeup. If you can do makeup, you must know that God is the greatest makeup artist in this world. When you start spending time in prayer, he starts removing the wrinkles. He start, he start adjusting the eyebrows. He start fixing everything. You know, there's a picture, there's a, there's a video on YouTube. Very dangerous video. Very ugly woman. And she knows it. When the video starts, she's like, <laughs> Like she knows how ugly she is. Then she starts the magic. She takes this, she puts here. She takes, hey, within about 15 minutes, she has metamorphosed by the power of makeup. If makeup can change a person like that, how much more the presence of God? Moses is spending time with God. And as he's spending time with God, a piece of God is entering him, entering him. The Bible says he was not aware that his face was radiant. And you know when your face is radiant, everybody is interested in you. Because you are shining. You are glowing. Everybody wants to get close. Everybody, you are, you are drawing attention. You stop being a forgotten person. You stop being a reject. You stop being an object of scorn. Shining, arise, shine. Why? Your light has come. The next verse says, King shall come to the brightness of your rising. Kings are drawn to light. When your face is shining, it draws certain types of people close to you. But when your face is in the obscurity, it also draws a certain, I mean, obscure men will be coming, obscure women. Obscure human beings. People that cannot add any value to your life. Do you want to know what is even more interesting about this? The Bible says, when Aaron and all Israel saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. When you have spent time with the Lord, 
He has fixed you, shaped you. Certain things become afraid to get close to you. Certain things get attracted to you. And certain things start playing far. Certain circumstances, certain realities, certain results, results of shame start playing far from you because you've been with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Praise the Lord. My prayer for you this month is that that prayer altar will be reignited again. I'm, look, there are so many things I'm going to show you about prayer that by God's grace, you will get back in prayer because you will know and see for yourself what starts happening when you start praying. When you start praying. Oh, he starts decorating you. He starts masquerading you. He starts putting makeup, expensive makeups. And you start looking very attractive. And people start desiring being with you. Because the master has touched your face. May you be touched this month. I want you to stand on your feet wherever you are right now. And I want you to start praying, Lord Jesus, revive prayer in my life this month. I understand you want me to pray. But my prayer life has been shattered. Revive prayer in my life. Go ahead and begin to pray that prayer, somebody. Open your mouth and begin to pray that prayer this morning. Open your mouth and begin to pray that prayer. Revive prayer. Revive prayer. Revive prayer in my life this month. Revive prayer in my life this month. You are praying from the bottom of your heart. You are praying from the bottom of your heart. Revive prayer in my life this month. Lord Jesus, I'm seeing what I've been missing. Lord Jesus, I'm seeing what I've been missing by not praying. By joking with prayer. Oh, Father, revive prayer. Prayer in my life this month. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that we will not remain in the same position. By your mighty spirit, the spirit of grace and supplication is coming on us this month. Whatever has brought slumber in the life of your people, whatever has brought laziness in the lives of your people, whatever has brought procrastination in the lives of your people, whatever has caused your people to no more value prayer, to take prayer for granted, the main thing that you've asked us to do and not stop doing, Father, I pray that you will revive somebody's prayer life, that you will visit somebody's prayer life this month and move us again to dimension where we can start determining what climate must be above my head, what season I must find myself into. I mustn't allow season to just come and go by themselves. I must create them with my prayers. The Bible says if they, the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves in the earth. And we fill those clouds with the words we speak. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. That somebody's life is about to change as they are engaging prayer again. Somebody is about to get back to the place of work, to the place of laboring in prayer, the place of laboring in prayer. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I give you praise. 
Quickly this morning, if you are watching this service and you are not born again, I want you to know that you are in a very bad position because the first key to prayer is having God as your father. As you're going to learn this month, the Bible says when you pray, say, Our Father who is in heaven. If God is just your God but not your Father, your prayers cannot go far. This morning, I want to help you have God as your Father. So right now, you are saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be born again. I want to receive Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. I want God to become my father. I want God to help me with my prayer life. I want to be able to talk to God. At the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your right hand. And I'm going to pray with you. If you want to be born again. One. Two. Three. Please raise your right hand. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. All of you, raise your hand. Please don't be ashamed. God bless you. God bless you. You can take your hands down. Now, you are already born again, but you are no more connected. You know it. You've disconnected yourself. God has sent the word to bring grace and help you. How do we connect to God? It's through prayer, don't we? Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Mm. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, it's by prayer. So when you are no more praying, please don't deceive yourself with just church attendance. You are disconnected. You are disconnected. You are disconnected. And it will be nice to humble yourself this morning and admit that, you know what, I am disconnected. I need to reconnect myself. I need to reconnect myself. At the count of two, you are saying, Pastor, I want you to reconnect. I want you to get back home. I want you to connect to the heavenly line. One, two, three. Raise your right hand. God bless you. God bless you. I want you to connect. I don't want you to live away from the Father. I don't like the way I am right now. I don't think I'm connected the way I usually am. God bless you. You can take your hands down. I want us to pray together this morning before we close this service. Say with me, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. Forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me. On the third day you rose again. That I might be justified. Right now, I believe my sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for restoring me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for every soul that turned back to you today. I speak a special grace on each one of them. Let the grace that brought them here sustain them in your house. Cause us to grow in the spirit. Oh, Father, visit us mightily. Revive us. Turn us into multiplication agents by the ministry of prayer. Turn us into anointed ministers by the ministry of prayer. Turn us into mega church pastors through the ministry of prayer. 
Turn us into married men and married women through the ministry of prayer. Turn us into employers, into employees. Transform our lives. Deliver. Turn us into healed people through the ministry of prayer. Lord, I pray that you will visit your church today. Visit our lives today, Father. Turn us into victorious people, victorious Christians, not discouraged, not dismayed, not destroyed, but victorious through the ministry of prayer. Thank you, Father, that we are going back to those basics that are the key to remaining on top. I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord Jesus a big hand of praise this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Now I'm going to ask uh, the ushers or whoever is helping with the elements in where you are to just bring them now and we're going to pray for the elements this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. You're going to receive the bread and you're also going to receive the cup this morning. But let me, let me pray first. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the elements this morning. Lord, as we partake, I speak your blessing on these elements. Lord Jesus, may this not call, cause any to sleep or to be sick, but may it cause revival, healing, awakening, and blessings in our lives. But I pray that nobody will partake of the Lord's table in an unworthy manner. Give us grace. Let your mercy flow in every area where the communion is being taken this morning. Let it be done in a worthy manner. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible therefore says, In the night the Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed, He took the bread. And after giving thanks, He broke it and said, This is my body that is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Praise the Lord. Now we're going to partake of the body of the Lord right now. The body of Jesus. Let us partake of the body. The Bible says after supper, he took the cup. And he says, this is the new covenant in my blood. For the remission of sins. It's because of the blood of Jesus that your sins are forgiven. It is because of the blood of Jesus that the curse in your life is broken. And it is because of the blood of Jesus that your sicknesses are healed. As you partake this morning, trust God for those three things. Forgiveness of your sins, the breaking of the curse, and the healing in your body. The blood of Jesus. Let us partake. Thank you, Jesus. Now I'm going to pray for everyone. I'm going to ask you to all stand on your feet and to lift your hands to the heavens. And I want you to begin to prophesy over the month of May. Begin to speak blessings. Begin to determine the climate that must take place this month. Begin to call what must happen this month. The Bible says, Elijah was a man of like passion like us. He prayed and he prayed again. Open your mouth and begin to pray for the month of March, everybody. The month of May, everybody, everybody, everybody. 
Come on, open your mouth and begin to send effective prayers in the mouth. Begin to decree, begin to declare what must happen and what must stop happening. You have that authority. The Bible says Elijah was a man just like you and me. He prayed that it mustn't rain and it didn't rain. Let grace follow you this month. Let angels assist you this month. Let the favor of God rest upon you. Open your mouth and pray. Pray, 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 pray. Release that grace upon your life. Release that grace upon your life. Let the experiences of your life this month change. Let something break this month. Pray for your prayer life this month. Pray for your prayer life this month. Let it get better. Let it get better. Rise from 50 to 70. Rise from 70 to 90. In the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray somebody. You are praying, you are praying, you are praying, you are praying. Cabra de Bresse Precado Preze Bregadeva, Ente Precado Balamanda, Ente Prezi Catepaco de Bada, Ente Preze Precado Capelemanda, Le Precanda Gadaba, Kebrecando Caparama. We pray for salvation of soul this month, we pray for establishment of soul this month, we pray for blessings to meet the people of God this month, we pray for, 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 for prayer warriors to rise this month, we pray for the effective of the blood of Jesus in your life this month, that no forces of hell will have its way over your life this month. I pray that the grace of God will prevail, will prevail, will prevail over every attack of the enemy, over every attack of the enemy. I bind the forces of hell that are waiting for you in the month of May. I scatter them, I scatter them. Let something you'll be born in your life this month. Come and open your mouth and pray. Pray effectively. Pray Fervently, pray fervently, pray fervently. Makabayaga, Shabaya, Efelegaya, Ante Parada, Eprezika Tomande, Apraze Capela Doba, Eprezika Tecapela, Mande Prezeka Tema. I pray that the door must open for you this month. I pray that the door must open for you this month. I pray that grace must meet you this month. I pray that favor will meet you this month. That thing that you are trusting God for. That thing that you are trusting God for. Your spiritual life is rising to a higher dimension by the ministry of prayer. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise, somebody. Powerful. Now I want to invite you to join us next week, Sunday, because I just started. There's so much that I haven't even touched. I haven't even scratched the surface. God is going to visit you this month. And you will grow. And your face is going to start radiating. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's share the grace of the Lord together. One, two, three, let's go. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. 2021, my year of preaching the word, 
I will go somewhere. I will preach somewhere. I will lead someone to Jesus Christ. So give the Lord a shout. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Same place, same time. Bye-bye. Go somewhere. Preach somewhere. Go somewhere. Preach somewhere. Go somewhere. Ooh. Preach somewhere. Go somewhere. Preach somewhere.